What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we will be talking about the very eventful 2020 NBA Draft Lottery that took place last night. And pretty much we collectively gathered our winners and our losers of the draft lottery. And, you know, let's start off with the winners of the draft lottery. And, you know, the winner of the draft lottery was the Minnesota Timberwolves jumping off to that number one spot. Yeah, Elliot, and the Timberwolves, that's great for them because they were initially projected at number three, I believe, and they, they hopped up to that number one spot, which is great for them. That will help, um, very, that will help a lot for the Timberwolves. I mean, now they have the young talent of Carl Anthony Towns, and they also have D'Lo, uh, um, what's it called, D'Angelo Russell, who they uh, got in a trade with the Warriors, and now... They're going to have a nice young talent and number one pick. Either whoever they select to pick is probably going to be LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and or Anthony Edwards. And I think it will just be interesting for them because they're just going to get another young talent. And considering they already have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, as I mentioned, Minnesota's looking like they have a bright future ahead, guys. Yeah, especially – we. I think we don't know how young – D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are because they've been in the NBA for so long, but they're, they're really only 23 or 24 years old. And you add a young piece like the mellow ball or Anthony Edwards on top of that. And you have a rising star in Jarrett Culver. And like Andrew mentioned, I think two or three years down the road, Minnesota could be looking like a Western conference contender. You know, Elliot, I agree here, but I think even next year they're, going to be contending for a playoff spot at, at worst. I think they're going to make the playoffs, especially with, with a full year of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, another year of Jarrett Culver, and this new pick, whoever it will be, I am assuming it will probably be LaMelo Ball. But that's a huge addition to the team, which can really boost, boost them into a playoff contender and even possibly a finals contender. Yeah, Henry, and also I have to say they have one of the best young defenders in Josh Kogi right now, who is in his second, going into his second year, I believe, or third year. But he's, they have a lot of young talent there. And Elliot, as you mentioned, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, I mean, they were both one and dones in college. So you have to think like some people think they're a lot older than they actually are because. They've been in the NBA since they were like 18-19, so it's kind of crazy to see. And I think the Minnesota Timberwolves have a bright future ahead for them. And as you mentioned, Josh Okoge was a steal going 20th overall in the 2018 draft. But let's move on to another winner of the draft lottery. And one of the surprising move-ups was the Charlotte Hornets moved up five spots all the way up to number three. And this is huge for their organization. Yes, Elliot, and the Hornets were a very struggling organization right now. i surprised they actually were able to be the eighth-worst eighth team in the NBA, considering I thought they were probably going to be the worst. But they were able to put something together. Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, that's a very good young core. P.J. Washington is also very young. And this, this is huge for them because they're going to be able to add one of those top three players, which I think we – probably have a consensus agreement that are probably better than everybody else in the draft with 
Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, and James Wiseman. And if they're able to get one of those guys to pair up with the rest of the young core, it's, it's going to significantly help them for the future. I don't think they'll be great next year, but they're building something there for the future there in Charlotte. Right, Henry. And I think Charlotte does have a bright future ahead, and this draft lottery win for them was amazing. I mean, they were projected to land at number eight. They jumped all the way to the number three spot in the draft lottery, which is just incredible. And also something about that number eight spot is kind of crazy because, right, they have a six, they had a 6% chance to get the number one pick. And so did the New Orleans Pelicans last year. And as you saw last year, the New Orleans Pelicans landed Zion Williamson and the number one pick which is kind of crazy to see now that the Charlotte Hornets at number eight with that 6% chance jumped five spots. So you have to think that number eight spot is a little bit of luck to it uh, right there. But just to mention with the Charlotte Hornets, I have to agree with everything you said there, Henry. I mean, Devontae Graham really broke out this year. Should be, or should have been at least a most improved player of the year finalist. He got snubbed from that. And you have Miles Bridges, a nice young talent. He's very athletic, can jump out of the gym. Crazy talent there. Then you also have P.J. Washington, the pick from the 2019 draft. So bright future ahead there for Charlotte. I mean, they're going to obtain one of the top three players in this draft, whether it's Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, or LaMelo Ball. So just really bright future there for Charlotte. Elliot, what do you have to add? And as you mentioned, guys, this Charlotte team is hoping to rebuild as they did lose Kemba Walker in free agency. And unfortunately, they did sign Terry Rozier to that massive deal, but we won't talk about that. As they haven't made the playoffs in such a long time, and they're just trying to get that organization back up to where they should be and where they want to be. And I think getting this number three pick will really help them out in the long run. Yeah, Ellie and Andrew, I definitely agree with but with, with what both of you guys said. But I think it's a good time here to move on to the next winner and the final winner we have, which is the Chicago Bulls, who were able to move up from the set from the seventh spot all the way up to the fourth spot. And they are a very young team, and I think they have a lot of young talent around them with Kobe White, Laurie Markkinen, even Wendell Carter. Although none of them are spectacular players, they're all solid and decent players. And I think adding another top player here, maybe a guy like Obi Toppin or even Isaac Koro would really help them, especially to build more of a defensive-minded team. I see, Elliot, I see you uh, not liking what I said here. So do you have something to share? Well, I just don't like your uh, your Isaac Koro or Obi Toppin picks. But talking about the Chicago Bulls moving up in the draft, I mean, this is huge. This is just huge for them trying to get another fourth young player with Wendell Carter, with Laurie Markkinen, and with Kobe White. And I think Kobe White's a breaking star, and you said he was just an okay talent. But I, I just think that them not having the seventh pick and, get not, and getting someone mediocre in the lottery and actually getting one of the top stars in the draft is huge for this whole organization. And they did fire their head coach and fire – and get a new uh, get a new general manager. So I think that this could be really huge for this Chicago Bulls as we, 
as we did not see them be as good as they nearly nearly were seven to ten years ago. Yeah, Elliot, and ever since that core of Tom Thibodeau's team with Joe Kim Noah, Carlos Boozer, Derek Rose, after all those guys left, I mean, they haven't regained that Chicago Bulls feeling that we're used to seeing with them, the winning organization that we're used to seeing with them. Yeah, and it just hasn't been there. They've been stuck at number seven for the past few years. They were projected to be at number seven again this year. And then you see in the draft lottery, they jump up all the way to number four, which is huge for them getting in that top four to break away from that number seven spot they've been stuck in the past few years. And I think it will be huge for them, whoever they pick, whether I actually liked Henry's suggestions for them to pick between Obi Toppin, who was the Naismith player of the year last year in college basketball, and Isaac Okoro, who is one of the best, or probably the best defensive player in this draft. So, right, Chicago Bulls have great, I, I don't really want to get into that because mainly we're going to be focusing on um, the winners and losers of this draft lottery, not who they're going to take, but I think the Bulls, this will really help their young core there with Wendell Carter, Kobe White, and Lori Markin. And so it'll be great to see who they choose with this pick and how the future turns out for the Chicago. As I said, I just don't think Obi Toppin fits with their scheme of things. But let's move on to the losers of the 2020 NBA draft lottery. And first we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're projected to be the number two pick, but drop three spots all the way down to the number five pick. And this really hurts their young talent and what they can build around them. Yeah, Elliot, I, I agree with you. And this sucks for them because they were thinking about grabbing probably generational type talent in either Wiseman, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, or even LaMelo Ball. And this really took a hit, took a toll on them, I believe, because they, well, they were projected at number two and then fell down three spots to number five. I mean, this really, really hurts them. Now they're probably going to be stuck taking one of those guys in Obi Toppin, maybe Isaac Okoro, maybe even um, Denny Avdiha from Israel. So it will be interesting to see what they do there. And I think the Cavs just really, I think they're the biggest loser of this draft. I mean, being projected in the top two, I mean, that's just horrible dropping down all the way to five and it just really sucks for them i mean i completely agree andrew i mean a couple weeks i mean for the past couple weeks everyone's been saying that the Cavs would get the first pick and it's very interesting that they're not going to have that and see who they take because they're stuck right now with two young guards and darius garland and colin sexton and it's it's going to be interesting to see who they take because they also have Andre Drummond at center. So I think Obi Toppin will probably be the pick, but we'll save who they're going to pick for a while. But obviously, like you said, they are a huge loser as they fell out of the top two, and they really needed one of these top three players to fall into their hands. As you mentioned, this really hurt the Cleveland Cavaliers because they're trying to build around that young core of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And – you know, hopefully they don't take another point guard because they took one in the previous two years. And Andre Drummond's decision really is up to him because it is a player option that he could pick up, which he probably should. But this this really hurts this Cavs organization. They, they really wanted a generation-type player, as Andrew mentioned, 
of either Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, or Lamelo Ball. And it's just, it's this draft lottery was kind of brutal for a lot of teams, as we saw. Yeah, Elliot. And also, I just want to apologize if there's any background noise uh, to the listeners because my dog is being very loud right now. But otherwise, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, man, this really hurts them very, very badly. And like I said, I believe they're the biggest loser of this draft. And it just would have been really nice because Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, in the past two years in the draft, they've been really stocking up on guards. They were probably hoping to add James Wiseman, a generational type center who who can shoot as a seven foot one center. And he can also post up and he can play defense and he can do everything for you. And they're just not going to be in the position to take him. And I just feel bad for all my Cleveland Cavalier fans. I mean, they're ever since LeBron James left, ever since Kyrie left, they just haven't been the same. And I think they're just going to take a couple more years to rebuild them a little more than we thought now that they dropped out of this uh, top two, which sucks for them. And I really feel bad for all those fans there. You know, Andrew, I think this would be a great time to move on to, in my opinion, the biggest loser of the NBA draft lottery. The Detroit Pistons fell from the fifth pick to the seventh pick. Now, not only was that a bad fall, obviously it wasn't as bad as the Cavs or basically just as bad as the Cavs. The Pistons are stuck in the most mediocre spot in the entire league. They have Derrick Rose, a 30-year-old guard who is not built for what team they're trying to build, a young – a team that's built around young players. He doesn't fit there. And Blake Griffin, who is the most injury-prone player – I've ever seen in my entire life. So the Pistons needed a top three pick to build on absolutely nothing right now, but it's it's absolutely awful to see them fall. I would have been okay if they stayed at five, but the fact that they fell to seven is just incredible to see how, in my opinion, rigged the draft lottery really is. Yes, I don't think it's rigged. I just think it's just the Detroit, the Detroit sport look. I mean, we see it with every team and we see it with every organization that we have here in Detroit. It's just our luck of falling or trading someone away and they become great again. It's, it's just horrible. And, and the possible worst talented team in the, in the lottery getting the seventh pick is just, it's horrible to see as a Detroit Pistons fan. And we would obviously love to have a mellow ball, James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards, but there's no way in hell they are falling here. And there's no way that we're going to like better who we take than who we would have got in the top three. Right, Elliot. And the Pistons organization just isn't that great of a, just that great of an organization. And same with uh, the rest of the Detroit sports uh, clubs professional sports and it's just not a good thing in in the city of Detroit I mean they just do not thrive here and players do not thrive here and just nothing works in Detroit (laughs) with those organizations and honestly if they even got a top three pick I don't even think I would have trusted them with it they probably would have screwed it up like they normally do 
maybe pass on a generational type talent or two, which sucks. And I think the Pistons really got screwed. I mean, they had the fifth best odds to land that number one pick. They had a 10.5% chance, which was only 3.5% lower than the Minnesota Timberwolves, Cleveland Cavs, and Golden State Warriors. And then they got stuck at the number seven pick. So now I think they're going to get stuck with a mediocre talent guy who maybe turns out to a bust or maybe a mediocre player who knows at best. And I think they really got the Royal screw job here, to be honest. As a, just as a Detroit fan, we all are. Do you think there's a possibility that they could move up in the draft trying to trade up? You know, that would be the most Detroit thing to do to trade up from seven, which I know there's a gap between the top three players and everybody else, but it's not as big of a gap between like other years where like last year there was a huge difference between Zion, John, RJ, between like Darius Garland. And the, the Pistons would be the team that trades up and they'd trade. I'll, I'll give you the best trade package they'll probably offer. They'll offer Sekou Dumbia, their first round pick, and their first round pick next year to move up two spots. That's what will happen because the Pistons are that stupid. Well, Henry, I think the Pistons can actually make a much more appealing trade offer to possibly the Golden State Warriors in their veteran-type talent they have. I mean, they do have Blake Griffin, who has a large contract, and I don't know if the Pistons really want to keep it. Plus, he's very injury-prone. And they have Derrick Rose, who, once again, doesn't really fit the system, as you said, as a veteran guard. And... I mean, we're trying to rebuild here in Detroit and having two guys who are 31 plus doesn't help the plan in rebuilding. And I think they can make a very appealing trade offer to a possible contender and giving them Blake Griffin and or Derek Rose and possibly in next year's first round pick to move up into that top three and possibly top two in Golden State Warriors. Yes, Andrew, I don't know who would want that Blake Griffin or Blake Griffin contract. Uh, But let's move on to another loser in the Atlanta Hawks, moving down from the number four spot to the number six spot. And, you know, Atlanta was really trying to pair another young star with Clint Capella, with Trey Young, and with John Collins and other young supporting cast. But how do you think this affects their roster for the future? Elliot, I think this affects their roster in the hu- or, ugh, their roster in the future, excuse me, in a huge way because I think they went from getting a really good defender in Isaac Okoro to possibly getting Tyrese Halliburton or maybe even a talent like that's in the lottery, but not even close to that top three or even top four or five type talent. And when they were at projected at number four. I mean, they were looking good. They were looking good. And they were tied for the second best odds. Or no, they had the second best odds. No, my bad. I'm sorry. They had the fourth best odds to land that number one pick. And they totally got screwed in the draft lottery like these other losers were talking about. They went from projected at number four, falling down to number six. And... Now I think they're just going to get someone who won't change their franchise, who won't help them get to the playoffs. And now I just think they have to go another year 
without making the playoffs and getting another young guy in the draft lottery for next year. You know, Andrew, I, I agree that they're a loser, but I don't think they're as much as a lose of a loser as you think they are because they are they have a bit a lot of young players, a good not a great young core, but a solid young core. They have Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, and a lot of other young players that they could use. And unlike the other three young team or the other three teams who we have deemed as losers here, they, they have more of a built foundation than these other teams and they know what they're going to do in the future. They have young, solid, a solid young core, and they were just hoping that they could get a top three pick to even build on it more. But obviously they're a loser. They fell down two spots, but I don't think they're a gigantic loser because they still have a solid young core and possibly a top 15 player in the league in Trey Young. The Hawks' young core is better than solid. I mean, they have a top 15 player in Trey Young, another another solid second-year player in Kevin Herter, and two rookies that showed, that showed potential in Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, and a third-year player in John Collins that I think it's going to break out next year, and a, and a center, Clint Capella, that's just, that just knows his role. And I think, as you mentioned, they're not as big of a loser as we think, but – I mean, I'm sure they would have rather had the fourth pick than the sixth pick, but it is what it is. That's right, Elliot. It is what it is. And a lot of these um, NBA teams got screwed in this draft. And the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, they have a great foundation there in Atlanta. I mean, a lot, a great young core. And I think if they would have gotten in that top four, maybe even top three, I think they would have gotten a type of young talent that would have pushed them over that hump and finally got them back to the playoffs. But now I think they have to wait another year to get back to the playoffs. And I mean, I just think it kind of sucks for them. And of course they are a loser in this draft, maybe not as big of a loser because they have that great young core, but they are a loser. But Henry, do you have something to add? Actually, Andrew, I do not have something to add, but I think this would be a good time to move on to our final loser here, which seems to be a loser in every draft lottery, which at this point, they might not even be a loser. They just might be a team who fell down two spots, and that is the New York Knicks. You know, for years, they get screwed. They get screwed, and this year is no different. They got screwed again, and I didn't think – I mean, they had the six best odds. They weren't – it wasn't like they were – I thought they were going to get the first pick, but the fact that they moved down two spots, it really didn't shock me at all, to be honest, with the luck they've had in the past couple of years. So they're just going to get another bad player to add to their to their awful team, and they'll probably get a power forward, and that will be it for the New York Knicks. Yeah, Henry, the New York Knicks, it's kind of just become a joke now. I mean, every year into the draft lottery, we just expect them to get screwed, and to our expectations, they do get screwed. So honestly, I can't say I expected any differently from them and from this draft lottery. I just thought maybe, maybe they get that number six where they were projected at, or maybe, maybe by any chance they, they move up. But no, no, they, per usual, they moved down and they got screwed once again. And I feel for my Knicks fans, I mean, that organization is just, a pile of dirt 
and saying it in the best way possible. I mean, they are just awful, awful. Like we talk about our hometown Detroit Pistons, like they're awful. And then we look at the New York Knicks and they're just awful. <laughs> they're way more awful than any other franchise in the NBA. I mean, think about it. They're in New York. They have the possibility, they could be the best franchise in the NBA, the most marketable franchise in the NBA, if they actually had an owner that could do good things besides ruin this team and ruin, oh my God, the Knicks frustrate me and I'm not even a Knicks fan. I can't even imagine what the Knicks fans have to go through. And to any Knicks fan listening right now, I just feel bad for what you guys have to go through. And once again, the New York Knicks get screwed in the NBA draft lottery and will probably pick a bust. Yes, I can only imagine Knicks fans are very, very mad once again as they move down two spots in the NBA draft lottery, just like they did last year. And they obviously wanted a generation type player in the top three, but you know, it just didn't happen. The draft lottery happens and it happens to other teams like the Detroit Pistons, like the Atlanta Hawks, and like others. Yeah, Elliot, and I just feel bad for the New York Knicks because if they just had an owner that could do his job, and they just had players that didn't end up being busts and that lived up to their expectations, they would actually be a half-decent franchise. And now they're just, like I said, a pile of dirt compared to the rest of the teams in the NBA and the rest of the franchises and I don't see them going up anytime soon. They're giving out bad contracts and free agency. They're drafting busts. They're getting screwed in the draft lottery. The New York Knicks, as of right now, do not have a bright future. And being a loser in the NBA draft lottery just proves it even more. And as I think, this will be a great time to wrap up this podcast as we did talk about the winners and losers of the NBA draft lottery. You can find us on every podcast app website possible and you can even rate subscribe or leave a review on how you like this podcast if you would like and as we mentioned this is the last take sports podcast